Hi, my name is Mike Lee, and I'd like to welcome you to the Mind Shift Lab. Each episode will bring you a guest to share exercises, strategies, and mindsets to help you create an internal shift that drives external results in business, the arts, sports, and life. Today, I am super excited to dive in with our guest, Emily Vavra. Emily is a worldwide keynote speaker and purposeful entrepreneur whose calling is guiding other purposeful entrepreneurs in achieving their prestige, grace, and zone of genius. She is a top network marketing professional who to this day built a nine-figure organization from the ground up that includes over 145,000 individuals. She is also an internationally recognized entrepreneur who packs arenas and events with tens of thousands of people speaking on strategic business coaching, breaking through people's plateaued mindsets, sharing inspirational stories, and more. Her ability to connect with audiences on various topics, from simple tips on being prestigious in profession to more profound self-worth issues, is primarily due to her authenticity growing up in a small town with a single mom. Emily has been featured in Forbes, Good Morning America, Fox News, ABC, Lifestyle Magazine, and more. She is honored to share stages with some great names such as Tony Robbins, Eric Ward, Lisa Nichols, Lou Holtz, Brendan Bouchard, and more. Now, after a decade of entrepreneurship, Emily has created her flagship coaching program, It's Emily Method, which fast tracks all her skills, wisdom, and results-driven strategies to the purposeful entrepreneurs who want more in their life. She created it for those who want to uplevel their current business goals and be seen as power players in their respective industries, regardless if you're just starting or have been in your profession for decades. Emily, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so Let's go into your It's Emily method right away. Why did you create this? Oh my goodness. It's been on my heart for years. You know, I am someone who really pays attention when people ask me questions and continually in the DMs on Instagram, Facebook, offstage, wherever, I would get questions about things like speaking, about how to raise your energy, how do you deal with conflict when you're building teams? How do you close people at a higher rate? I mean, all the things, the foundations of business and in life, I'd get all these questions and I started to just screenshot all the questions and I put them in a little folder on my cell phone. And I started to notice this repetition of like all the same darn questions. And then I started to evaluate, like, where are these questions coming from? Like what kind of people? And they were all people in different arenas that just wanted better for their life. They wanted to raise their game in whatever it is they do, whether it is network marketing, real estate, even stay at home moms. And I'm like, okay, you know, when the pandemic hit, I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, what am I going to do? Like I'm home here in Southern California. I'm not on a plane going to South Korea or Europe or wherever to build teams. I have the time. What am I going to do with this time? And that's when I really had this epiphany moment. I'm like, I got to build the thing that people need and that they can purchase it at any given time and, and, and develop themselves. And so 
that's really what and how the It's Emily method came to be. I literally launched it four weeks ago. Um, and I have people from all around the world and it's just been a lot of fun. You know, it's one of those things that you're just like, you pour your heart and soul into it. You pray to God that it, that it makes the impact that you feel like it can possibly make. And it is, and I'm getting that feedback. And so that's what it is. It's over a decade of my experience in building businesses and everything I've gone through and that I've learned, it poured into one, one program. So. Sounds like something that I could use. Uh, one thing yeah. that, one thing that you brought up that I think is a, it's super subtle, but I think it's one of the things that is not talked about a lot with entrepreneurship. And it's the fact that you created something just from listening, right? So many people want to just build what they want to build because they think it's going to be the greatest thing ever. But the first step to really creating something, unless you're going to go and, and do something that's as, as innovative as something like Tesla or creating an right. iPhone or whatever. But if you're creating a, a especially a service based business that's based off of information, right? The, the best thing to do is to listen first yeah. and then you can create exactly what people want. Can you speak to that and how you maybe have applied just, empathetic listening and mm. yeah, to yeah. other aspects of, of what you've created in the past. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It's so important. It's like, you know, we're wired a certain way. Like I'm a red personality. I'm going to do it no matter what, like I have hunger and drive and all the things. And Sometimes I look at someone and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing what? Like, come on, get up. And what I've realized through mentoring thousands of people is everybody's got their limiting beliefs. Everyone's got their roadblocks. And I had it to learn to have empathy for other people because everyone is, has all these different levels. And so, you know, through mentoring and asking questions, you know, I just started to ask more and more and more questions to uncover what is truly holding people back. And I take inventory of that. And you're exactly right. It's not all about what, what I want to create and what I think is cool. It's, it's, you know, my purpose is to serve people. Like that's literally what I'm called to do on this earth. And in, in the best way I can and really serve my audience is by asking them questions and listening. And I basically wrote a whole program around what people are asking me for instead of me saying, oh, I think this is cool or maybe this is great or maybe I read something in a book and I'm, I'm interested in it and then now I'm gonna try to make it my own. No, like instead I have really really tried to listen to people to ask them questions constantly and then i i create material around whatever it is that they're asking me i create a lesson around whatever they're asking me like something that has come up time and time again is you know especially with building teams and leadership like how do you deal with conflict how do you how do you deal with team drama things like that and so i'm like okay i'm gonna make a whole module around how I personally have dealt with it throughout the years and train people around that. And so, yeah, it's so important to listen. Um, it absolutely is. And to take the time to listen and to assess and, 
that's really where I create even social media posts when it's like, oh my gosh, like people really need, they need this. And it, you, you know this, Mike, like we're at such a different level. Sometimes you don't realize how much you know, you know? <laughs> yeah, like you just have no idea how much you know because for me, I've been pursuing personal development since I was 23. So for the past 10 years, I've been trying to get better every single day. And I've been just, you know, climbing one mountain, then I look for another mountain to climb. And that's just, that's just me. Like my human needs are growth and contribution. And that's, that's always what I'm doing. And because I've just been so hyper-focused on developing myself as a woman, that I forget, I, I kind of get to this point where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I actually do kind of know a lot. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa. Like I say things and people are like, wait, can you elaborate on that? Like that was really, whoa, I just learned a whole heck of a lot and I forget that. And it, so it's so important to stop and ask questions, assess and teach people. I always want to teach everybody everything I learn. Nothing is good kept to myself. I just want to give it all away, you know? I do know. I, I, you brought up something that I 100% struggle with, which is just because I learned it 10 years ago doesn't mean that it's not incredibly relevant to somebody right now. Everybody okay. is going through their own experiences of life and like everybody, everybody that we interact with is not on this linear path, right? And so something that, that you learned and applied 10 years ago might be gold to somebody right now, but there's almost, there's this, I feel like there's almost this law of proximity. And it's like, the further that we get away from something, we forget the impact that it, that it had. Yeah. And, and how much it could change somebody else's life. Or maybe even more because they're in a completely different situation than we're in, mm. right? And yeah. I think a lot of this just goes back to the way we kind of started this whole conversation around listening and having empathy. And there's that, that can go take you so far from creating content to creating courses to knowing how to just communicate with the people that, that you want to reach, right? So yeah. what are some things that you've done to be a better listener? None of this stuff I've written down to talk about, but I want to go there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, the first thing, and, and when I got into sales, I mean, I would, prior to being an entrepreneur, I would, I nannied four boys. I was a massage therapist and I competed in fitness. Like I had no kind of development in, in sales and personal development, like none. And so when I started my business, I was like, okay, I got to like pitch a plan. I got to close them on a pack. I'm like, what the heck? And I started doing meetings and I was verbal vomiting on people. Like I was talking the whole time and I didn't know like, you know, good leaders ask great questions and I didn't know how to pull things out of people. And so when I wasn't having a great closing rate and I, and I was doing so many meetings and like nothing was to show for it, I had to really learn this and finesse this. And so I started to practice this and I, and I really started doing meetings and asking all kinds of questions. And I would always purposely hold like a, a, a coffee or water or something in my hands to know and to cue me to stop talking and to start listening to them. And 
I started to practice that. And I always say, you got to get in your reps because I just started to practice and, and I would ask him a question and then I would ask a question off the question. And then we would just, we would peel back the onion and then it's like, God, I got my new best friend sitting right there. They're signing up, they're joining my business. And it's like, I had very high retention and all these things. And so I, I explained that is because that's how I really learned how to listen. And then, you know, now it's like the, the world is so noisy. Like social media is so noisy. Like it is just all so noisy. And, and for me, like I'm a very spiritual person and the way I figure out, you know, where to go in life and, you know, what to do with my time, with my energy is, is meditating and then praying. So, you know, I'm, I'm receiving when I'm meditating, I'm asking when I'm praying and it's in the silence and in those moments of asking questions that, you know, I gain uh, clarity in who, who I am and my capabilities. I also gain courage and I also gain creativity because I'm not trying to copy other people. I'm not trying to be like, oh, what's, what's Mike Lee doing? Or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it, there's something that we all need, you know? <laughs> no, but we all need to birth something. And if, if we're quiet long enough, the answers will appear. And, you know, so I've learned to love silence so much because that's where my biggest breakthroughs come. Um, some of my greatest keynotes, like they happened after a breathwork class. They happened like in just complete like writer's block. Oh my gosh. And then I just took time to listen and to connect and to be in nature. And the answers are all always within me, always within you. You just have to access. So I hope that kind of makes sense. There's so much I want to talk. I want to expand on from what you just said, especially the stillness piece. Because this is something that I, I personally have been working on. I mean, I've been working on the stillness piece for a good seven or eight years now. But the being able to pull from that, and what I mean by that is really, there's a stillness piece, but then there's the second layer of that is the listening piece, right? We can't, we can't listen and receive until we're still. You yeah. have to be able to train yourself to be still first, right? And I've been really, what I've been aware of is that in those places of stillness is when our higher self comes through. Mm. It's when our, whatever you want, whatever you identify with, right? Your higher self, the Holy Spirit, yeah. God, whatever you want to call it. That's in that stillness is when your higher self comes through. It's when you tap into that, that power that's beyond the analytical mind. Mm. So I've been yeah. really... And I'm realizing that the, the voice that comes first is always the voice of the ego telling you that yeah. you're not good enough, that you're not qualified enough, that people don't like you, that whatever that is for you, yeah. it's usually the voice that speaks first. And through the stillness and that almost the hypervigilance to be, I, I try to be as much as possible now, be hypervigilant for my higher self. And wow. live in that awareness of seeking the higher self and denying the ego. So playing between those two spaces, right? Incredibly yeah. hard to do. But I, you know, going back to what you're talking about with stillness and 
finding the solutions right through keynotes or, or to your keynotes or project or whatever it is after breath work after uh, a meditation whatever it is i one thing that i've been doing is this super simple process right it's set an intention whatever the challenges you're facing the answers that you want to come through and then you have to do something to shut off your analytical mind you have yeah. to run you have to do breath work you have to do yoga you have to extra you have to work out you have to get in nature you have to mm. jump in the ocean whatever it is right yeah and and do that totally detaching from the results and trusting that it's going to come through and i would be willing to bet 99 percent of the time in that stillness that answer comes through it might not be the answer but it's an answer that will move me closer to what i'm trying to create solve whatever mm. it is yeah so i just went off a tangent there but so for you like what are your, what are some of your practices for stillness mm, yeah so beautiful i as you're talking and i'm just the way you articulated that was so beautiful and i i um you know struggled with that for such a long time i think we all do i think anybody that wants to make stuff happen it's like you want to go 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 and create and just rah you know but then it, it's like oscillating between the go 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 the crushing it the all doing all these calls to like stillness right i'm always trying to oscillate between the two and and for me um i connect very well to music and you know i go in la i go to a non-denominational church at when it's open <laughs> and i literally used to go like twice a week because it's just a place i can go and leave all all the work behind right um and and they do music and it's like worship music and um that's really where like i feel like i'm getting rejuvenated i can it is so meditative i mean all i mean it's i don't know how, you know if, if you do this at all but for me it's like such a connection point to god and again it's to be respectful whatever people believe for me it's it's god and that's really where i feel at peace and that's really where i start to trust myself more you know and and that's really where i gain confidence in what i do and and you know especially i mean i think we all deal with this the comparison thing and when i first started building businesses it's like gosh i was around people that you know were crushing it like making seven figures and seven minutes it felt like and it, it took me you know it took me a long time to develop skills and stuff and it was so easy to like compare and then the only thing that gave me peace was when i went back to my faith and pursued my faith and that's what gave me the peace the confidence and really it reminded me to be myself because we're all uniquely wonderfully made and so you know that's something i do for stillness um you know the pacific ocean is like literally my front yard and so i go out there and and you know put my feet in the sand for sure and and meditate i do priming dang near every day tony robbins priming um and for me like i have my morning routine nighttime routine and i bookend my days and almost every night even no matter where in the world i am i take a bath and just chill out and i silence and 
Silence is golden. I mean, it's so good. So I do these little things, um, but one of the, mo the most simple ways just to lower your cortisol is to put your phone on airplane mode and walk away. I mean, it sounds so elementary, uh, but I started practicing that like 10 at night. It's, it's done. It's like airplane mode, we're done, we're done. And so then I start my nighttime routine and I just find like so much peace when I just step away from, from all the noise. Yeah. I actually just bought an iPad for this, basically the same reason is because yeah. I needed, so I needed to shut something where I could still capture ideas that come through and things, whatever I, I want to capture. Yeah. Right. That was like one of my biggest fears of not having my phone with me while I'm sleeping. Like, as you know, you have ideas coming 24 seven. You have no idea when I they're going to come. Right. And you got to be able to capture. Them. So I, I did that so that I could leave my phone outside of my bedroom and I could get yeah. that separation a little bit from work. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, that's such a good idea. I mean, I have like notebooks galore, like with me, because I'm the same way, like I'll be in the bathtub and it's like, oh, my God, what an idea. Right. I mean, I, I even have a uh, notepad in my shower. Do you have one of the waterproof ones? Yes, of course I do. I used to take one of those to hot yoga. I literally put it in the front of my mat. Oh, my God. See, that's brilliant because hot yoga that is where you come up with everything. I actually, yeah, I actually stopped bringing it because it was too much of a distraction. I had so much stuff coming through that I would, I bet I would have to stop like five times during class and, and write stuff down. So I had to stop oh and gosh. just trust that after class, if it was meant for some, meant for me to take action on or to utilize that it would yeah. come through again, right? Yeah. So, so you brought up something around can't remember exactly how you basically your 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 comment around disconnecting from work right and creating that you said the word you used was separation so i think one of the biggest challenges with entrepreneurship is separating yourself from the business one i heard i don't know where i read this but they said it's impossible to separate the art from the artist and yeah. I feel like it's the same with entrepreneurship, right? You are, yeah. you're so invested. And as an entrepreneur, you don't, <laughs> you don't do something or create something or build something because you're kind of lukewarm about it. And it's something right. you're just interested in, yeah. right? And you're not even passionate about it. You almost have, you have to be obsessed with it, obsessed. right? And obsessed. so how do you, how do you separate your self-worth and that identity from your work and your business and your results? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful question. And for me, it goes back to my faith again, because I know that I'm a child of God and I'm going straight up on all y'all's right now. But like for me, like I know who I am and my identity is not found in the millions of dollars I've made or the, even the millions of lives I've impacted or the car I drive or any of that. And um, like if you were to strip all that away from me, what I'm more interested in is, is the person I've become. And, 
and the development I have had through pursuing something that means a lot to me, through learning, through growing, through all these things. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely believe, though, and, and everyone's different, but I, I believe I was put on this earth to, to make an impact, and that's, it's a calling. And no matter where I go, like I bring myself with me and I'm sharing and, and, and I'm never gonna stop sharing what I learn no matter no matter where I am. And I'm not I don't like yes, I go I'll go on a vacation and I'm not taking calls and I'm not doing meetings and I'm not speaking, but I'm listening and learning so I can then turn around and teach it always. Like it never shuts off for me, ever. Um, and I'm okay with that because, you know, I don't want this to be all about me and like my own fulfillment. I want it to be about other people. And that's where my fulfillment really comes from is, is making a difference. And trust me, I've had it. I have it all. I could, whatever. I have the cars all these things that... I mean, I got a Bentley when I turned 30 years old and I was like, I don't feel any different. This is not, I don't feel any different, right? But then I could go sit at a family's house and show them how they can get out of debt and show them a plan in a community where they could grow as people and watch them slowly transform. And that to me, that's it, Mike. That's that's I, that's what I am hungry for. That's what I live for. That's you know. And so I don't really separate it. It's like, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's. It's a common. It's such a. It's such a catch twenty two where, you know, I fell into this this trap as well. I mean, I where it was. When I first started my basketball training business, I got in my college apartment. It was, I have to work with the best high school players in the state. Then I have to work with college players. And I have to work yeah. with D1 players. And I have to work with NBA players. And I have to work with Nike basketball for their events. It's like, it. every level you got to was like, oh my God, this is amazing for an hour. And then it was just probably the same experience when you, you bought your car, right? It's like, this yeah. is awesome. And then an hour later, you're like, okay, what's next? Hey everybody, Mike Lee here. I know if you're listening to our show, that means you're a bold, driven, and future-focused leader looking to challenge the status quo and get to the next level. Which is why I've created a guide that blends the worlds of sports performance psychology with mindfulness on how to lock in and consistently deliver world-class, resilient performance in any arena of business or life. You can grab your copy by heading over to mindshiftlabs.com backslash performance. That's mindshiftlabs.com backslash performance. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. It's like, oh, wait, like this isn't all that I thought it was. And that's, there's, you know, there's, that's why it's always like, what are you pursuing and why are you pursuing it? And, and don't get me wrong. Like, I love all those nice things and I love flying first class and I'm all about it, but I don't want my identity to be wrapped up in that. What do you say to somebody who's, they've, 
reached the pinnacle. They've won the you know three-time NBA MVP. They've built the multiple or multi-million dollar business, right? They have everything. They and at the yeah. end of the day, they just still feel incredibly empty. Yeah. Where how do you coach somebody through that? Yeah, you know, I ask questions. So I would ask about their relationships and you know, the, the wealth of our lives is in our relationships. We have with friendships, you know, love, interests, all those things. And so I would ask that for sure. I would also ask, like, how is your spiritual life? How's, you know, for me, like, if I'm not pursuing my, my spiritual life and filling up that cup, I do feel empty. I do kind of, I turn more into like an egomaniac if I'm not grounded in something bigger than myself. And so I ask those kind of questions. And I also like, I, I do believe that, you know, there are cycles in life where like maybe you climbed a mountain and this happened to me. Like I climbed a really big mountain, got to the top and I was like, Ooh. I mean, I literally was like, Oh my God. I'm like, no. I mean, and, and I went as far as going to Africa. I took a trip to Africa because I was like, I need to like wake myself up right now because I, I gotta, I gotta find something else. Like what is going on with me? And so I went and, you know, slept with a net over my bed and took showers with a bucket of water. And if you know me at all, this is totally not like me, but I had to do something dramatic to have that deep soul searching time. And that's really when I realized like, keep going, Emily, like what, keep going. Like, why are you setting limits on yourself? And maybe it's time to pivot a little bit and that's really okay. And so I think it's, it's our, our human nature is to be curious and, and, and to keep growing. And sometimes when you've, you've hit a plateau, you've done it for over a decade, it's time to freaking pivot and learn something new. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's when you just got to keep checking in with your soul and saying, do I, do I love doing this? Like, how do I feel when I'm doing this? Do I get lost in this? Or does it feel like I'm counting down the hours? And, and it's okay to pivot. Yeah, I think that's such a, an important aspect of entrepreneurship is not being married to some certain outcome, right? The things, the things that we create for our businesses are directly proportional to what's happening around us. And what's yeah. happening around us is constantly changing. COVID has obviously accelerated that. And I feel like, you know, you probably know the same thing, like things change faster and faster and faster every single year. I feel like yeah. the last three years went by and more changes happened and more things got disrupted in the last three years than maybe the, the 10 before that, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like, especially with social, I feel like social has just completely become saturated and taken over our, our lives. And, yeah. and I feel like it, it wasn't like that five years ago, no, right? It wasn't. it wasn't. Even though we had these platforms, right? Instagram was there, Snapchat was yeah. there. Like all these platforms were there, but for whatever reason, it has completely taken over our lives in the past, I would say two to three years. It's really, it, it's completely yeah. changed. And so my point is, is that you can't, I think the, the key is like, and what to ties into what you've been talking about is 
yeah, what you want to be married to is your mission. But that mission might, or your purpose, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, but that might take form in a bunch of different ways depending on yeah. what is happening around you. And you have to be able to, to pivot the, the process to make that happen based on circumstances. How, I mean, how have you done that? Like what's... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Constantly. And it's so freaking true with the social media thing. It's like, I was just talking to a partner and he was like, I'm so sick of social media, Emily. (laughs) He's like, I miss events. And I'm like, don't worry, we're coming out of it. And he's like, if he's like, I just, I'm tired of it. And And I'm like, I get it. I get it, bro. I was like, I'm right there with you. We crave human connection. We're not meant to be on these things this long. Like it's all fake. At the end of the day, you're seeing highlight reels. You're seeing promotional material. Like the essence of it is just blah sometimes. But anyway, um, I've continued to pivot with, with, you know, even with speaking, right? Like I, I built a network marketing team and I realized the person at the front of the room makes the most money. They have the most influence. And then I realized, okay, how do I, how do I build a team? I got to train my team and get them skilled. And so I just fell into it and through falling into it and practicing it and doing it so many times, I realized I freaking love speaking. I'm like, gosh, like just put me on stage and give me a topic and let me try to make it creative and entertaining. And let me try to move a room. And like, that is so fun to me. And, and for a while I'm like, oh no, but you're a network marketer. Like you got to stay there. And I had these little voices in my head. That's like, no, stay here because that's what you're really good at. And you dominated that space. And I'm like, no, but I feel like I'm really called to go over here and continue to speak to all different kinds of audiences. And so I've pivoted that way where I'd still do both. Of course, like I literally do both all day, every day, but I am now, you know, pivoting that I'm, I'm speaking to different audiences now, masterminds, whatever. Um, and I'm not stopping. I've also pivoted with make creating a program and I've also pivoted with brand collaborations and partnerships and, you know, doing a blog and, I was just traveling last week on the, on behalf of a really amazing hotel and did work for them. And like, I'm just so open. I'm open to learning and growing. And I never want to feel like ever that I've arrived because, because that's the moment you begin your decline. That's really what I believe. And so I'm constantly learning and growing and I just, I'm hungry to get in different arenas and, and just, it's like, teach me, I'm a sponge, you know? And like, that's, that's how I've continued to pivot. And even, you know, during this pandemic, it's taught me so much about myself, about how I sit with myself, about my anxiety levels. And then even I shifted the whole way that I do business. I mean, normally I was on a plane every couple weeks. And now it's like, gosh, I'm able to touch more people, you know, using Zoom training, things like that. Um, I've had to find creative ways to keep people engaged. That's for sure. Uh, but it's constant, constant pivoting, constant evaluating, and I'll never stop doing it. Like, I just won't. And even during the top of the pandemic, I was like, how can I serve more people? And I'm like, okay, uh, like, same as you, Mike, we've been working from home for so long. I'm like, most of these people don't know how to work from home. They're like hot messes. And I was like, I can do this. And so, so 
like I started to get on NBC and some of these different stations, like training and teaching people, here is some healthy ways you can work from home. And that turned into a whole thing. And so, you know, at the end of the day though, my attitude is just like, how can I add value and have fun and challenge myself? And like, let's just keep the frequency high. How do you go, how do you go into a new space? Not necessarily a new space, but like you're talking about working from home, right? Yeah. And how do you go into that with the confidence knowing that you can provide value when it's not like, oh, I've been this work from home expert for the past 10 years and I've been speaking on it and I have a business around it, right? And you're yeah. just jumping into it. Where, where do you think that comes from? Every, like every freaking thing out there, like is resourceful. It's all about resourcefulness. And I always say this, like there's so many people that know way more than I do freaking have way more credentials. Like, heck, I didn't even go to college, but I could run circles around them because of my hunger and work ethic and just trying to be better than I was yesterday. And so I think, uh, I love a challenge. Like it's exciting to write a little talk, even if it's a five minute interview, 10 minute interview, whatever, and be like, Oh my God, I've never done this before. I was on something in in Miami for International Women's Day, and I'm like, okay, we're talking about supporting women. I I can do that, you know. And I'm like, and and you just figure it out as you go, and that's how you grow, and that's how you continue to add value and have excitement. And uh, I think it's just this burning desire to get better. And I really don't care what other people think. Uh, I really don't like I'm just doing the best I can and with the best of intentions and what goes around comes around, you know? So we're going to wrap this up in a few minutes here, but I want to get back to something that you brought up before you brought up bookending your days and your, some of your routines. What are, what are some things that you do every day to set yourself up to be at your best? You talk about booking in your days. I want you to go into that a little bit because a lot of people talk about morning routines, but they don't talk about their night routines, what they do at the yeah. end of their days. So can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I love being intentional. I am, whoo, like, well, what's, the, what's the intent of our meeting? What's, what's the intention for today? I always like to have a theme of the day. And the only way to know all that is by, you know, having a morning and night routine. And so the morning routine for me is, is very simple yet freaking so impactful. If you actually do it, you know, I get up, I do not look at my phone. It stays plugged in. I have water with lemon. Of course I have my coffee. I roll out on my roller. I do my priming exercise. I tip, sometimes do Tony Robbins video. It's like 13 minutes filled with the gratitude, the visualization, I get it all done. Um, and then I journal and assess, you know, my day. And, and I really look at what am I doing today? You know, like this morning I started and I had a podcast interview at 9 a.m. and I've been jamming all day on different meetings. And so I look at, you know, who am I, who do I get to show up for today? And what does that look like? And what are the breaks in between? Like, when am I going to walk my dog Hugo? And, you know, what am I going to, you know, I I look for all the things, all the, all the moments in the day and, and, and really just kind of prepare myself for it. But then, um, then I go into a workout and, and typically 
I don't start my days like with meetings until 11 a.m. Today was an exception. Um, but my assistant knows like that front end is like Emily's deep work time. I mean, that's literally like I'm working out, I'm doing it all. And then I shower, get ready, even though we do have the ability to be in our sweatpants. Like I, I get ready, I get myself primed and then I go into my day and I go through the day working at the end of the day. This is where it's, it, it, it really shifted everything when I started to have a night routine because I started to realize like I was staying up so late. I wasn't ending my day. It was like my work was going into my bedroom and it was going into my sleep. And it was like, I started not to sleep at night and I started to like, like be munchy at night after dinner. And I'm like, what the frick is going on? And so I started to make this night routine where it's like phone is off. I'm, I'm done with emails. I'm done with the phone. I literally have tea, I take a bath, I read, I might watch a documentary or a good YouTube of somebody that inspires me. And that's, and that's where I can relate to you because I need to write things down if I'm learning something. So I have my notebook with me, um, but I have uh, a whole routine that I check out of the day. And so what I mean by that is I look at what happened today and I assess what happened today. And I think this is why I've been able to continue to just freaking grow because I look at what areas uh, could I have done better today and what areas did I completely waste my time and who do I need to follow up with because you know your word is everything it absolutely is and so I look at like you know if, if for example I've been in meetings all day like five of the meetings I need to send a follow-up something to you know and I don't want to drop the ball on the 10 yard line. And that's something I'm so committed to not doing. And I want to make sure that whatever I do, I do it with the best of my ability. And so that's what I do. Um, I check out of the day, I'm in bed and I'm sleeping by, you know, 10, 30, 11, just depends. Um, and then I get my eight hours of sleep. So that's a little bit of my my routine and um it just it really changes you when you don't get on your phone right away or late at night i feel like you're able to have your cortisol levels lower you're just able to be so much happier so i know we i know we both got to jump into another a call I but know. there's something that i i want to i want to end on that i think is super super important you mentioned that you basically don't start your day till 11 o'clock right so yeah. if people are doing the numbers right they're looking at, well, she's only working like seven hours a day or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this a million times in your life from people that you're coaching that I don't have enough time, right? Yeah. And it's like, write out, write out your schedule from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to sleep at night about what you're exactly doing every 30 minutes and you'll find your time. You'll realize that... You're oh, wasting yeah. an incredible amount of time. So my point is, you know, you already brought this up, is that you spend your days with an incredible amount of intention. And that intention creates focus and that focus creates productivity. Yep. And that allows you to do the things to set yourself up for the day like you do in the mornings. Can mm -hmm. you just maybe we end on a note about why that's so important and how you're and like I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I would be willing to bet that you're actually probably more productive oh. when you set up your day like this 
working less hours because you have so much intentional, deliberate focus about your day. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I believe a lot of times, like, especially if you're an employee, you have just been conditioned for however many amount of years to just kind of be a robot. Let's just be real. Like you have set hours, set life, all, all these things. And I, and, I, and I say this to, to make a lot of people realize they're still in an employee mindset. If you become an entrepreneur, if you want to become an entrepreneur, even if you're working a full-time job and your job is funding your escape, you know, you still, you got to change your mindset around, I'm the CEO, like, how do I want this thing to go? And what's going to move the needle forward? And there are so many things that waste our time. And I call it trimming the fat. Like, even when I look at someone's presentation, I'm like, we got to trim the fat. Why do we have 900 slides in the slide deck? No one's going to ever remember any of that stuff. We got to trim the fat, you know, and it's the same in your day. It's like how much endless, like meaningless crap do you do that you really don't need to do? And so, you know, for a lot of people that I mentor, I'm like, what is the top three things that are going to move your life and business forward? Those are your IPAs, your income producing activities, put them in your schedule. I mean, I mentor people that literally work their entrepreneur business from, you know, seven to 10 PM at night, like four days a week. And they are able to see consistent, you know, growth. It's about what you're doing, not about the time, you know? And so that's what I look for. Leverage is like my middle name. I'm like, what can I leverage? What can I duplicate? And, and that's happiness. It's not about working a million jillion hours a day and staying up so late. And it's about the energy you bring to whatever it is you're doing. Awesome. I'm definitely going to have you back because there's a million other things I want to yes. talk to you about. So, Emily, thanks so much for being on. It's great to have you. It's great to chat with you. Thanks for all the work that you are doing in the world. And I look forward to continuing the conversation with you. For sure. Thank you. What's up, guys? Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show today. If you enjoyed the episode, we greatly appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes because it's how we spread the word about the show. Also, remember to grab your copy of Locked In, a digital guide on how to unlock world-class resilient performance by heading over to mindshiftlabs.com backslash performance. That's mindshiftlabs.com backslash performance. We'll see you next week.